0: welcome to the still training podcast these are intended for our still approved dealers and garden centers if you're a still customer thank you for listening but please be aware that this episode may mention training resources and processes not available to the general public thank you for listening
1: you're listening
0: to the still training podcast
1: hello and thanks for joining me on the still training podcast this episode will be about some hints and tips for successful IMO installations and will run for round about 15 minutes. Joining me today is Stuart from the GroundsCare team, product trainer Lee and technical services specialist James, all of whom will be sharing their knowledge and giving plenty of practical advice. If you're still keen for more after this, we've got lots of IMO training content on stilltraining.com. Without further ado, let's crack on. Number one on the agenda today is pre installation surveys. This is just a visit to a garden before the install takes place, and it's something that we recommend to do in the vast majority of cases. To explain why, I've got Stuart on the phone. Hi, Stuart.
2: Hi, Ruben. How are we doing?
1: Yeah, fine, thank you. Can you introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, um, my name's Stuart Wareham. I've worked at Still Now for four years. Um, I work part of the grounds care team, um, and we we look after anything on the ground pretty much, everything that used to be Viking. Um, But for the last well, for the, for the full four years, um, majority of my job, I'd say 80-90% of what I do is helping dealers with um, IMOs and IMO installations and issues, so I've done a lot of IMOs in the four years.
1: So the chances are anyone listening to this might have met you already, I guess?
2: Y- yes, probably so, yeah.
1: So my first question for you is, how important is it to take the time out to go out and do a pre-install survey?
2: I think, I think it's massively important to do a um, pre-install survey it's just so you can make sure that you're selling the customer the right machine, make sure there's no issues with the garden, and you can give the, you can give the um, customer a peace of mind that you, when, when you go to do the install, it's going to happen rather than you saying, well, actually, we need to miss this bit, this bit, and this bit. You can, you can go away leave, leaving the garden knowing that you're happy with what you're going to go back to do, and the customer can be happy with what you're going to do and what you can cover with the machine.
1: So it's an opportunity to manage their expectations, basically.
2: Yeah, 100% managing their expectations, making sure that they know exactly what they're going to get. It's, it is a thing where customers sometimes expect it to go down corridors that you can only just literally walk down and you know, making sure that they understand it. it won't do everything. But nine times out of 10, you'll find that the IMO will cover probably 90, 95% of the garden will be cut. So what might have been a four-hour job might be reduced down to a 15-minute job a week for the customer just to tidy up the borders and things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Can you give us some examples of things to look out for when you're walking around a customer's garden, uh, particularly if there's things that aren't very obvious to look out for?
2: Um, when you're walking around the customer's garden, you're looking for obstacles like tree roots sticking up. You're looking for tree roots. Um, obviously, one thing they need to look out for is ponds. I mean, it's, they don't need to look out for much because you'll see them, but you, you need to make sure you explain to the customer... You won't get as close to a pond with an IMO as what you would a, a wall. You need to leave a good distance for um, no-go areas around a pond. Um, you need to look up for, look at, as you walk around, you'll see, like I say, when you look at the roots of the trees, you'll, you'll think, is it going to be a tree that's going to be dropping apples and things like that that need to keep clear. And there's also, also, underground cables is one that you might need to think about.
1: So that could be a light, a wire going to a light at the end of the garden or something like that?
2: Yeah, lights like in the garden, um, electric fences, electric gates, anything like that. You know, sometimes done every single time. So if it has got that, don't think it will not work. But just be aware where where the docking station's going.
1: Great. And if for whatever reason it's not practical to do this um, in person, have you ever done this virtually? How has that been a success?
2: Yeah. So yeah, I've done I've done a few um, via Facetime whilst we was on lockdown, where where dealers would ring me and they would do a site survey and ask for assistance and they'd actually go out there and ring me on FaceTime and I'd be able to talk them through different issues and they'd they'd be asking questions. So it is possible to do it via FaceTime but nothing beats getting in the garden yourself.
1: I can imagine because if you're looking out for borders and tree roots they're not going to show up very well on a small screen are they?
2: No absolutely I mean it's okay I I suggest it's okay for a for a dealer to call us for advice through FaceTime sometimes if if you're um, relying on a customer to show you everything they might think oh well that's not going to be an issue i won't even show the dealership this problem because they don't see it as an issue but then when you get there you think well you didn't even show me that on the video so
1: yeah they don't want to show you the nightmarish looking bits
2: yeah they can be very sensitive so it's, it's not so bad if the dealer's doing it and asking ask for advice of, of a member of staff or, or even one of those guys but if you're relying on a customer some customers you can trust but some uh yeah, very selective on what they
1: show yet. Lovely stuff. Thanks for your time, Stuart. No problem. As Stuart said, the pre-install survey is a huge part in managing the customers' expectations early on. And it's an opportunity to remind customers that they'll still need to trim the edges or maybe have a few parts of their garden altered just to accommodate the IMO. Although it's time out of your day, in all cases it makes the relationship with the customer much better and it can prevent having to keep returning to fix any problems in the future. Right, what's next? Docks, or in this case, we're focusing on the position of the dock. Hello, Lee. Hello, Ruben. Thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy man.
3: It's a pleasure.
1: I want us to talk about choosing the location for the dock when doing an install, because often the customer has somewhere in mind that isn't always the most suitable place. So if you were to talk about the dream location and position of a dock, what would you say?
3: Okay, well, there's a a few elements to this. So first and foremost, you want a nice flat area. Around the docking station, but for, for for this part of it, I'm not just talking about the overall area where you're going to position the docking station. It's actually the footprint uh, that the docking station itself sits on. That needs to be nice and flat. So we don't want any any bumps or dips in there because uh, once the docking station is fixed in place and the IMO sits on the docking station, if you've got um, any sort of like a, a raise or a hump in the docking station uh, footplate profile. It can affect how efficiently the uh, charging contacts meet um, and, and prevent it from charging uh, correctly. So we want a nice flat surface there. Also, we want to be looking at a position where we've got 60 centimetre clearance either side of the docking station footplate as well. And this is uh, to allow the IMO to approach the docking station and begin to perform its, its docking manoeuvre. Uh, and also when it reverses out of the docking station and things like that, and goes to more, it gives it lots of clearance either side. Uh, the power source itself, uh, we ask for that to be within ten meters from the docking station. Uh, this is simply because the the power cables that we provide with the transformer are ten meters in length. So uh, any more than ten meters, and you're going to struggle to get your power. As as well with that, one other thing we 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 uh, the dealer to consider is that you know try and maybe. Uh, if you can, position the power socket about two metres away from the docking station. On occasion, very rarely, if the power socket is is really close uh, to the docking station tower, if you will, that on occasion has caused some signalling issues.
1: I guess another thing you could do is actually mount the power cable onto the wall just to prevent it from being like accidentally trimmed uh, amongst the long grass and stuff like that
3: absolutely yeah just keep it off the floor fix it to a fence or a wall uh with appropriate fixings and that way you can you can clear away any grass and do your streaming without fear of of catching the cable another things to other things to consider um uh you want it obviously quite close to the house you know but without with it being safe we don't want to be creating a trip hazard and also if possible you know try try and get it in the shade if you've got a real sun trap that, that where the heat really builds up during the hot hotter parts of the, the summer, uh, you may get an increase in internal temperature, which may uh, stop the IMO from coming out with the safety features inside the system. Uh, so try and keep it in the shade. That's not a must, but, you know, if you could, it would be ideal. And uh, we want a two metre clear radius all the way around the docking station with no bushes, shrubs, plant pots, etc. you know, uh uh, clothesline posts uh, and this just allows the IMO to, to reverse out the docking station and begin its mowing uh, process without constantly bumping into things and it, it becoming like a pinball machine if you will and bouncing around all these obstacles close to the docking station we want it to be able to to get out the dock on its way and mowing efficiently and getting the job done yeah
1: okay great um and then on the other side of things what are we looking to avoid uh, when we Thinking about the positioning.
3: Okay, so uh, from time to time, yeah, uh, a good example is uh, manhole covers. Uh, you might find an end user who has a, an unsightly manhole cover in the lawn, in the garden, and they think, oh, well, that'll be an ideal place to, f- to sit the docking station on. But uh, we recommend not to do that. That can cause uh, signaling issues and, and cause intermittent docking. And, and we also recommend not to coil the power cable behind the dock as well. This can uh, potentially cause signaling issues as well. And we also want to avoid uh, any sources of electrical interference, uh, you know, pumps, things like that, um, um, you know, uh, running over uh, electrical wires that may be... Uh- underground but close to where you, you sit in the docking station as well that they, they may potentially cause issues from time to time but uh, you know th- these are all definites these are, are things that may cause problems and more often than not if they do they can be intermittent so it's sometimes difficult to pinpoint exactly where the uh, where the problem lies
1: and my final question for you is that customers tend to um, ask about whether they can have the dock inside of a like a dog kennel uh, for it to live in um, are these a good idea in general?
3: Uh, they're not a bad idea, no. Obviously, it protects the, the IMO from, from uh, the horrible weather that we can sometimes get over here. Uh, but one thing to bear in mind, if the, the customer is, is buying a, a, a non-still kennel, shall we say, or creating one themselves, that they need to make sure that they've got plenty of room either side of the docking station. Uh, and that's the sides need to be open to allow the, the IMO to get itself into its charging position and also get out as well to go and mow. Um, one thing to consider as well is that the, the IMOs all come with a rain sensor. So when they are parked inside uh, the kennel or under a, a weather shield, uh, the, the rain sensor may not detect the rain. So it will need to come out into the weather to, to detect the rain. And then it will then obviously have to perform a manoeuvre to come back home again and, and dock out, out, of the, out of the rain. So, Uh, that that can be something to consider as well. Obviously still do an approved uh, uh, weather top accessory uh, and that hinges to one side. So there's a little uh, hook, if you will, and a pivot and you can can move the shield to one side to get access to your control panel on your IMO and then pop the, the weather shield back in place.
1: Super, thanks for that, Lee. No problem. And to be fair, I'll probably speak to you tomorrow to do some more recording anyway. Can't wait. To summarise the key points about dock positioning, flat and even ground is an absolute must, and try and avoid tight corners, because you're going to need 60 centimetres of straight wire either side. Bonus points for a shady spot nearby the customer's house. Just be mindful of how you leave the power cable when you leave. Coiling up the wire behind the dock is a big no. Okay, our final topic is a little bit different. So far we've focused on things to consider before and during the install, but James is here to remind us of the IMO settings that absolutely must be considered before you pack up and go home. James, please, can you introduce yourself?
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me here, Ruben. Uh, my name's James. I work in the technical services department as the uh, technical services specialist. I've, um, I've had the opportunity to work with IMO for five years now.
1: So, um, yeah, I'd like to think I know what I'm talking about. Well that makes one of us. Um so the Amo is installed and you've successfully worked through the install wizard. Please can you give us some other settings to consider looking at before driving home? Absolutely, absolutely. Um so yeah, already from
0: doing your garden plan, you should have an idea on on how the whole garden is is kind of constructed and um now there are some features that we we definitely recommend. Uh one of which is is the privacy settings. Um, and this sets a pin onto the machine and essentially locks it down from anyone else trying to uh, change dates or mowing times or, or anything that you probably don't want to change. Uh, so this can be this can be set um, straight away a pin any pin the uh, customer likes,
1: and uh, yeah. And uh, if or when they forget that, because I think feel like it's an inevitability, uh, how would they go about just? Um... Unlocking it and you know re-getting into their IMO. Yeah,
0: it comes up quite a lot, and, uh, and that's why we have a we have a method to do it. If you if you were to enter the PIN incorrectly about five times, you'll be asked for what's known as a master code. Master code is a is a, a set calculation based on uh, data on the machine, and you can generate that uh, either through visiting the the IMO portal or by contacting us at Still Technical.
1: Perfect. Um another thing uh, that dealers might do on the install is install the signal loops near the um near the dock. Can you just talk us through uh how you'd actually turn that on in the settings? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so what, what you're talking about there uh is, is the ability to allow offset drive home. Uh so this is where you have some some signal loops right by the docking station and these tell the IMO to uh to come back in. Um, at a certain point, so then it can find its way to the docking station. So offset drive home on the machine, it's a bit of a wordy term um, to fit on the control panel, so it's it's not actually called that. Um, what it's called is on early models of IMO, it's uh, known as corridor, and on the later models, so if you were to order a new machine, it is known as passage. Uh, these, these are just terms for offset drive home. Uh, Don't get confused with them as to the uh, wire features. They do refer to to offset.
1: Cool. And what's the difference between a narrow offset and a wide offset? Because it doesn't really go into much detail on the IMO screen, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. It it has these uh, arbitrary terms. Narrow uh, means that it will travel anywhere between uh, between no offset and 40 centimetres of offset. Mm-hmm. so it's it's got that that width to to play with uh, a wide would be anywhere between no offset 40 centimeters and 80 centimeters
1: perfect and i think a final thing that can often get missed off um is to do with the secondary areas is that correct mm-hmm.
0: yep secondary areas um so you've gone through all the effort of of planning this out on your installation and uh and laid all the wire but for some reason the IMO just won't mow in that area. Um, a really common reason for this is that there haven't been any um, any starting points set. The IMO needs to be told uh, how it can get into that secondary area. It won't be doing it naturally so that's where the idea of a starting point comes into. So a starting point is a location along the perimeter wire, um, it's just a set distance. Say come out at uh, 150 meters and that's within my secondary area um, set it
1: to come out three out of 10 times and uh and you're tickety boo and i guess that's 150 meters clockwise from the dock not anti-clockwise
0: yep it certainly is but it, it subtracts this from the total circumference as well so um meaning it, it can come out both ways to
1: get to that that starting point Got it. So on install, you're measuring it from clockwise, but then from that point forward, it will take the shortest route. James, thank you very much for your time. Mm, Thank you very much for having me. So this is just a reminder that you can do a sophisticated install that won't work properly if you don't tell the IMO about it. So for secondary areas, you definitely need to set starting points and you can measure these clockwise around the perimeter. If you've installed signal loops to help reduce wear marks, You need to turn this on by selecting Passage in the installation settings. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, training videos, e-learning courses and more, please visit
0: stilltraining.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear on a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know by emailing learning at still.co.uk.
3: Thanks for listening.